This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. I tell you, man, today we got some good candidates here sitting inside the studio. We're also going to have someone on the phone going to talk to you about the election. That's right. It's coming up. Early voting is going to start real soon, and also Election Day is going to be in March, so we got to get ready. You know, Frederick Douglass once said, a man's rights rest in three boxes, the ballot box, the jury box, and the cartridge box. So today, I have invited on the show candidates running for Senate District 25. We invited Senator Donna Campbell and her opponent, Shannon McClendon. Also, we have invited State Rep. Paul Workman, District 47, and his opponent, Jay Wiley. Unfortunately, we did not receive a response from Senator Campbell, uh, which is not surprising because Senator Campbell comes across as being a little wobbly sometimes when it comes to the Second Amendment. And people are afraid sometimes just to sit in this hot seat uh, because I don't play games and we don't hold back. And also Paul Workman, for some reason or another, was unavailable to call in. But we have in studio Shannon McClendon, the, op- the opponent of Senator Campbell running for Senate District 25. And on the phone, we will have Jay Wiley. He's going to join us later on in the hour. But let me tell you a little bit about Shannon McClendon. She's from Dripping Springs, Texas. Is an attorney. She focuses on law affecting the electric industry. McClendon has served the state of Texas for many years. Currently, she serves as a board member of the Texas Board of Professional Engineers. Governor Rick Perry appointed McClendon initially in 2002 and reappointed her for a second term. McClendon was previously senior regulatory counsel for Texas New Mexico Power Company and worked closely with the Association of Electric Companies in Texas and committees during the 1999 legislative session. She was instrumental in the successful negotiations for the first transition to competition plan filed and approved at the Public Utility Commission of Texas. Sharon also has also served as associate public counsel at the Texas Office of Public Utility Council, 
representing residential and small commercial customers in contested cases and rulemakings. Prior to becoming an attorney, McClendon was a computer systems analyst with the Space Transportation Shuttle Operations contract at NASA, Texas Instruments, and Texas A&M University's Data Processing Center. And McClendon received her doctorate of jurisprudence from the University of Houston and graduated magna cum laude with a Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Houston, Clear Lake. Shannon was a board member of the Hill Country Republican Women PAC and past president of the University of Houston alumni, the Austin Area Club, and board members serving as vice president of Texas Ratepayers Organization to Save Energy, and a member of the State Bar of Texas, Gulf Coast Power Association, and the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. She will give us an update if she is still a member of, of some of these organizations because she's now running for office. So let me let me welcome to the show Shannon McClendon. Shannon, welcome to Come and Talk. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate you having me here. Outstanding. We're glad you can make it. I know it's kind of cold out there and we had a little ice coming in from the hill country, but you made it in and I, I'm, I'm very grateful because this is important. This is about our election. This is about, for me, it's about the Second Amendment. It's about you know, our rights and going to the Texas State Capitol and making sure that we get some of these bills cleaned up a little bit. So, Shannon, tell us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you a little bit. Well, Michael, um, I think you uh, probably read off more than I actually knew about myself. But, um, <laughs> there, um, I n- no longer serve on the Texas Board of Professional Engineers. Those okay. were two terms that I had with, uh, under Governor Perry as an appointee there. I don't think it was mentioned that I also... Uh, was appointed by him to the Texas Appraiser Certification and Licensing Board, as well as the Speech Language Pathology and Audiology Board. Good so, Lord. That, exactly right. I'm a, I do believe in public service. I think it's very, very important for us to be able to do that. Um, I am here today uh, at your bequest, but also because I'm a staunch uh, Second Amendment um, rights advocate. Uh, I'm a lifetime member of the NRA and a lifetime member of TSRA. Nice. Okay. Uh, So what is your stance when it comes to the Second Amendment? Do you own any guns? That's what people want to know. I do own a lot of guns. I couldn't tell you how many I have. I do have. See, that's, that's always a good sign. If a person tells you they can't tell you how many, then that's a really good sign. Yeah, we were just talking before the show, and you're telling me about a Tommy gun. Yes, I was. <laughs> I just got a Tommy gun for my birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. And then what else you got? Well, have you fired that Tommy gun yet? I fired that Tommy gun many times, actually. Nice. Um, I have found that it does get a little bit hung up once in a while, which is my understanding from reading a little history about the gun, that it does jam up. And, and that's one of the reasons it wasn't as successful. But I tell you, it is a lot of fun to shoot. Have um, you had any malfunctions yet? Only with it getting hung up. I haven't had any <laughs> malfunctions as far as what I've shot at. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I tell you, there's no nothing sexy than watching a lady shoot guns. <laughs> and we don't have any Cheney experiences over here? None, none. Nice. All right. <laughs> and, and, and so uh, tell us a little bit more about your stance when it comes to the Second Amendment. Well, I, be- I believe that the Second Amendment says that we ought to be able to have the right to bear arms. So, um, you know, outside some felons, depending on the purpose and that kind of thing, I do believe we have the right to constitutional carry. And we, I'm, we are very lucky in Texas to now have open carry, which I think is fantastic. And people 
thought that we were going to all go around with uh, guns slinging on our... Actually, I, I had thought about it a couple of times, but it just didn't go with my wardrobe that I would would have. But um, and, I, you, you know, and honestly, that's something we really need to work on at the, at the Texas you know, Senate because we really need to come up with something where it's more for ladies. Because right now, open carry is not for ladies at all. It's not, it's not really that sexy because there's only, you know, a couple ways you can do it. It has to be any holster that fits on your belt or a shoulder holster if you're going to openly carry a handgun. So, you know, when it comes to the lady, what if she wants to wear that bathing suit? It certainly makes our hips look a little bit bigger than yeah. we'd like for it to. It's, it's just, for yeah, sure. it's just not that appealing. So we really need to change our law just a little bit so it actually appeals to the ladies. Because I would love to see the ladies, um, you know, in a bathing suit and being able to have that little small 380, you know, in the, in the, you know, wearing on clip to the bathing suit somewhere. That's my, why my 380 Ruger is a slim line there that I can be able to carry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, and, and keep going. You're telling us about your stance in the Second Amendment. Um, well, why don't you ask me some more questions about that? I, I, to me, it's real basic, so I don't think there's a lot to talk about. You're like, it's, hey, just it's, like, it's pretty simple, it's, right? To me, it's pretty clear cut. Nice. I love it. I love it. So what is some of your main uh, focus uh, when you step into the, the state Senate there? Well, I, I think the biggest picture here is you, you we have a lot of republic I am running as a Republican as you introduced and I think we've got a lot of Republicans that continue to tell the, us the same story about they want limited government, lower taxes, yada 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 that we continue to hear, but when they're actually at the legislature they're not working on bills that are limited in government or that reduce our taxes. And so simply put, we've got some issues like the bathroom bill um, that uh, it appears that some are trying to get that to settle down a little bit. And we've had some Republicans on the social conservative side that don't want us talking about that. But that took up a lot of wasted resources that the taxpayers had to pay. A lot of people don't understand that a lot of the independent school district boards and superintendents spent time in board meetings discussing how would they be able to handle such a bill if it were passed. And so... Do you think it was ethical for them to hold the Sunset Bill hostage? Um, is that going through? Is the Sunset Bill hostage for the bathroom bill? As an attorney, I hate to use the word ethical and I hate to be asked a legal question without <laughs> doing all of my this research. This is you as a candidate. Do you think that was right for them it, to do that? I, I think it was horrible. I, I think it was horrific. And I appreciate the question because I, it's, it's exactly opposite of limited government. It's like that. And, and they had two agency, but the biggest one was the Texas Medical Board. And that would have taken maybe a half a day. Give it a day. We're not going to get rid of the doctors practicing. So I... I totally just think it was ridiculous to be able to have that discussion and a waste of the, the taxpayers' money. Okay. All right. And so, uh, and, and also, people are asking who else is sitting here in the studio since we have a, a, a studio full of people. We actually have um, Zach. Hey. Say hi. Hi, all. All right. And Zach is sitting over here. And we also, uh, Zach Istry, uh, we have Felicia, my right hand. Felicia, say hi. Hi, everybody. What do you do, Felicia? I am president of Hill Country Young Republicans and a Travis County precinct chair, representing 254 up near the domain. Nice. And also, we have uh, in the studio, we, we, we actually have Eric Guerra. He's also uh, the Travis County, um, actually, you're the Travis County, don't, don't tell me, you're the chair for the 
Travis County Libertarian Party. Correct, correct. Thanks for having me, Michael. Absolutely. All right. And then also sitting over here, Ryan. Say hi. How are you doing? <laughs> All right. And I'm not going to put this other guy on the spot. We're going to let him sit there real quiet. He's smiling, right? So we're not going to put you on the spot today. But next time, we're definitely going to put you on the spot. Going to make you take your shirt off, pants off, everything. <laughs> just joking. Nah, just joking. All right. So, um, and, and so we're sitting here. We're talking with, um, we're talking about our candidates. We're talking about this election because it's, this election is very important because uh, in 2019, we go back to the Capitol. There's some bills that we need to get cleaned up here in the state of Texas. Uh, there's some things that I like to get cleaned up as far as um, activities. Uh, we need to fix activities the way it's written in our in our laws. Right now, you know, if you're you have a handgun license and there's a school field trip that's you know in Chipotle or Chili's or something, and they're having a they're having lunch in Chili's that school field trip, then as a license holder, you know, you're supposed to leave. And so we really need to address that in Texas, you know, and in, in the way our laws are written. So those are some things that we're going to have to get fixed. So that's why we're talking to our candidates today, our office holders, to, you know, talk about some of that stuff. Um, and I, I wish, you know, that everyone would return our calls and actually come inside the studio. Uh, that would really be nice. But I know when it comes to the Second Amendment and we put you on that hot seat, there are um, probably going to be some questions that you don't want to answer. You know, what is your stance when it comes to constitutional carry? What is your stance when it comes to uh, license carry? What is your stance when it comes to concealed carry reciprocity? What is your stance when it comes to being able to carry us, being able to get a suppressor and having the suppressor removed from the NFA list? So those are things that we're, we want to know. Those are things that the people that are pro Second Amendment want to know and want to find out. And if you can't answer those questions, then that's probably why you're not willing to come sitting in this studio. All right. So we're talking with our candidates today. We're talking with um, we're going to talk later on with Jay Wiley. He's going to be here. Uh, actually, he's going to be on the phone. But we have inside the studio, we have Shannon McClendon. She's one from Senate District 25. This is Michael Cargill. And you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Maj Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370. The right choice. My lover's got humor. She's the giggle at a funeral. Knows everybody's disapproval. I should have worshipped her sooner. If the heavens ever did speak. She's the last true mouthpiece Every Sunday's getting more bleak Fresh poison each week We were born sick You heard them Welcome say back to Come and Talk It And now here's Michael Cargill Alright, so we're back And we're talking with Shannon McClendon And she's running for state senator Of <laughs> District 25 We're also going to have on the phone a little later on down the hour Paul I'm sorry, Jay Wiley, because we couldn't get Paul Workman. So we're going to have Jay Wiley. He's going to join us on the phone. And Jay's going to tell us about his race and what's going on with his state rep race. So we're going to find out and talk to our candidates who are running for office because we want to make sure that our voices are heard. And we need to educate you on what's happening. And you need to know who are these candidates. You need to be familiar with them. So when you go to the ballot box, uh, you can 
make an informed decision. Because like Frederick Douglass said, a man's rights rest in three boxes. They're going to rest in the ballot box. They're going to rest in the jury box. Or they're going to be with that cartridge box. All right. So um, let me ask my, 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 my guests that are sitting here inside the studio. You know, what are some of the things that you would like to see happen in Texas this next legislative session? What are some things you would like to happen? Uh, since we have the, you know, we got the chair for the Libertarian Party of Travis County, you know, here, what are some of the things you think the Libertarians would like to see happen when it comes to the Second Amendment in Texas? Um, definitely expansion of uh, constitutional carry. I just, any way that we can expand Second Amendment rights and ensure that uh, they're protected, uh, that they're guaranteed, that law-abiding citizens of the state of Texas aren't prevented from being able to own as many guns as they want, uh, being able to, you know, purchase, uh, like you were saying earlier, suppressors, ammunition, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, anything moving towards uh, more liberty and more freedom uh, regarding the Second Amendment is always going to be supported by the Libertarian Party. And Brian, what were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to ask, just to bring up, you know, what I was kind of asking during break. During, you know, there's schools. Then my church is a church that was got kicked out by Alamo Draft House at their building. Um, Alamo Your Draft, church? My church. What? Um, they got kicked out of their build, building because Alamo Draft House bought it up. Um, it was a public facility they were renting. Um, and so they had to move to a school, um, especially after Sutherland Springs. And my oldest friend works for this church. Um you know, and I worry about his safety and everything working for the church and because people are crazy. And, you know, how do you feel about people, you know, if it's a weekend and there's a, there's a church service held, should they be able to carry at that church service, if, even if it's at a school? And you're asking me, Shana McClendon, about yes. that? Yes. Um, I would certainly want to study that and, and hear different sides about that before I would say, oh, absolutely, this is the case. But I am, I'm totally um, understanding the exception there when you know that there aren't going to be— you No, know, there's also going to be children in the sense of like any other church, but it's not— they're not in the playground with their teacher yes. doing whatever. And and frankly, my church as well was uh, we rented out in a middle school at first. And I'm I'm guessing that I probably might have extended my rights a little further than I expected that I had because I looked at that as my church and um, and welcome to carry my gun in my church. It's not not in the good old days where you put your hat and your gun belt with your gun on the outside of the church when you walked in. <laughs> so I, I, I definitely didn't even realize that exception um, that we need to consider. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Zach, what would you like to see happen this legislative session when it comes to the Second Amendment? Uh, let's see. Hearing Protection Act. Get those silencers taken off. Uh, okay, that's going to be, and that's going to be more on the federal level. So what do you think? Let's think locally here. So think locally. Uh, let me ask. Uh, let me ask Felicia. What do you think, Felicia? Thinking locally. <clears throat> I mean, y'all know me. I'm always in favor of limited government. I want the government out of my life. I want the government out of my friend's life. It's. I mean, it's the Second Amendment. We don't need all of this um, legislation telling us what we can and cannot do when and where we can do it. So let's pass constitutional carry. Let's get the government out of our lives. Let's focus on property taxes and start focusing on the larger issues at hand because micromanaging the citizens is not getting us anywhere. And I'm just really sick and tired of our of our legislative process being broken because 
there's too much butt kissing and backhand backroom politics being done at the state capitol. And I'm involved because I'm sick of it. And I support candidates like Shannon because she's a true conservative. She's just like me and everyone else in this room. And we need to stop pandering to our officials because they're not better than us. They work for us. And it's time that they start listening. And what does that mean to be a true conservative? This is Shannon again. I, th I think I'm happy to take that up. I wanted to say something to, with with Felicia's comments were that were real important to say that the legislators are the ones that work for us. And one of the things that I think that I will bring unique to District 25 is I want to talk to the mayors. I want to talk to the county judges. I want to talk to the county commissioners. It's six different counties, some in, in totality and some just in parts. And get out and meet the people and what they would like to do, not what Shannon McLennan wants to do. But I remember from Civics 101 uh, in high school, I guess we didn't have 101 in high school, but in our civics class, we learned that our representatives worked for us. And you went out and you talked to the people and you talked with what they wanted you to do. And that's what I want to bring to the table is what the, what the people want. Luckily, I think that my views are very much aligned with a lot of my own constituents in that area. But certainly if there was something that um, that I they were very advocate, um, that they were very much wanting done, like the Bear County commissioners at one time had a unanimous decision on some infrastructure that they needed done. Um, you know, if Hurricane Harvey had come set over on San Antonio, it would have been a totally different story. And it was a bad story for Har uh Houston as it is, but that was ignored. That that bill um, was not even was not even supported by the the legislator there. So so let me ask you what what are some things that you think should have changed or should have been different this last session um, to help those people out and in. in you know, with the Hurricane Harvey. We've just, we've got to start planning. And, and this is kind of an um, interesting fact that has come over in the in the last census that we've uh, accomplished getting all the data together of the 10 fastest growing counties in the United States of America. Three of those counties are in Senate District 25. We're talking about Hayes, Kamel, and Kendall counties and we welcome the people we want people to come to texas we want them to feel welcome to our state when we start doing anti-business uh, um we do the bathroom bills saying what north carolina had already learned from that so what i think could have been a lot different is welcoming people welcoming businesses welcoming our rights as citizens Mm, okay. And and welcome, DFW. Greetings, Lynn Garrison there. And also, uh, that's right, Donald Rutledge. You know, Felicia was spot on. You know, those are the, some of the things that we, we need to, you know, we need to worry about. And then I tell you, Shannon, I'm, I'm just loving Shannon. The more she talks, I'm just falling in love with her. I, I, this is the person that we need to go to the Texas State House and do the things that we need to get done. Um, How about the Texas Senate? All right, the Texas Senate. We'll take that. All right. Because Jay, Jay Wilde is going to do the Both. house for us. You know what? Shannon, keep me straight. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I need. That's right. Keep me straight. I don't like to keep people straight. <laughs> oh, God. Let's just go gaily forward. What do you say? Can anyone keep you straight? Uh, well, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me all flustered. No. Sorry about that. <laughs> 
Okay, you got me on that one. All right, you definitely got me. All right, so let me bring into the conversation Jay Wiley. That's why I was thinking State House. Uh, Jay Wiley. And let me tell you a little bit about Jay because he's running for state rep. Okay, and uh, Jay is a seven generation Texan. He's a constitutional conservative, a small businessman. He's a husband and a father. Jay helped put himself through the Citadel Military College by waiting tables, bagging groceries, and doing maintenance work. Jay also earned a law degree from St. Mary's University School of Law, where he was president of the Federalist Society, the most prominent organization of conservative attorneys in the United States. Jay has been active in Republican public policy for decades as an aide to former U.S. Senator Phil Graham, a press secretary on Capitol Hill, a research fellow at the state's premier free market think tank, the Texas Public Policy Foundation, and has a chief of staff in the Texas legislature. Jay and his wife, Dr. Sally, I like to call her Dr. Sally, they founded a Lux OB, a concierge medical practice focusing on patient-centered obstetrics. Okay, I'm going to mess that up. Care in time of every increasing government regulation. Locally, Jay founded Austinites for Tax Relief, a political action committee of advocating for fiscal responsibility in local government. He also has served as a Travis County Republican precinct chair and as a projects coordinator for the Travis County Republican Party. Sally and Jay's two boys attend River Place Elementary School and Four Points Middle School. Jay has coached Little League, raised thousands of dollars for charities helping disabled children, and donated to pro-life ministries in Austin. Jay is a member of the NRA, the National Association for Gun Rights, and Lone Star Gun Rights. The Wileys worship at Riverbend Church. So let me welcome to the show Jay Wiley. He's running for state rep. Jay. Hey, Michael, how are you? Uh, appreciate you having me on. Y'all are having way too much fun in the studio over there. I wish I could join you. Oh, absolutely. I know. I apologize. <laughs> we didn't get you a little sooner where you can, you know, make it out this way. But I'm glad you can join us by phone. You know, thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. Because for some reason, not everyone can even join us even by phone. You know, they're just too busy for that to call in for a five minute phone call. So I really appreciate you taking your busy time uh, out of your day there to join us. So, Jay. Glad to. Tell us a little bit about your race and what are some of the things you want to focus on in the Texas State House? Well, you know, I'm running here in western Travis County. Um, you know, Travis County is the blue dot, you know, in Texas. But uh, but out here in the western part of Travis County, this is a conservative area and uh, pretty solidly Republican. Alexa Republican by the name of Paul Workman. Uh, so I'm running against Paul Workman. The problem has been that not everybody with an R by their name, you know, is uh, is created equal. And uh, the record really has been lacking over the years. Paul has voted for everything from gun-free zones. He's voted to uh, he's voted against property tax relief, which is a huge issue in Travis County. Uh, he's actually voted pro-abortion. Uh, it, it's just the record gets worse and worse. And I think it's really time for a bold, strong conservative to be a contrast with all of the other Democrats in uh, Travis County. So that's why I'm running. And, and Jay, tell us, what is your stance when it comes to the Second Amendment? I'm very strong on the Second Amendment. You know, I've been endorsed by uh, Gun Owners of America. I was endorsed actually this morning by Lone Star Gun Rights. So nice. That's new. Well, congratulations. Um, so, thank you very much. You know, I support constitutional carry. That's going to be a priority of mine uh, next legislative session. And see, that, uh, and, think, that, and see, that really means a lot to get endorsed by yeah. Lone Star Gun Rights because that's you're talking grassroots. You're talking about the people that are on the grounds, boots on the grounds, 
when it comes to, you know, getting a lot of things passed at the Texas Capitol. So when Lone Star Gun Rights gives you the stamp of approval, you know, that's definitely something we got to listen to. You know, I think that's important. And also it's important to note that they don't just take my word for it. I mean, they really look at your background, what organizations you belong to, what you've done in your career to talk about the Second Amendment. They ask you a lot of questions. It's not a given that just because, you know, they they like you that they're going to endorse you. They really run you through the paces. And that's important. We need to do more of that in vetting candidates. And and so I'm really proud of that. So uh, constitutional carry is going to be a big deal uh, for me as as a legislator. I also know, like you do, that the most dangerous place you can be is a gun-free zone. Absolutely. And so I think we need to do away with all gun-free zones. It's just terribly, terribly dangerous. And uh, and that's what I want to work on. Now, what do you think about uh, concealed carry reciprocity? Now, this is a little out of your area of, area of responsibility because this is more on the mm-hmm. – we're talking U.S. Congress, U.S. Senate. But what is your stance yeah. when it comes to const- uh, the concealed carry reciprocity? Well, I definitely think we need more reciprocity. Now, I'm not familiar with what states we have reciprocity with. I'm sure you know that like the back of your hand. But, uh, uh, but, uh, but I certainly want to expand that. I want to expand gun rights as much as we can. Absolutely. Okay, then what about um, the suppressor bill? What about you know <laughs> trying to get suppressors and you know removed from the NFA list? Like, and this is another subject that's really not in your your area, you know, because you're running for House, but this is more on the federal side. But what's your stance yeah. on that? Any way that we can uh, put pressure on our Congress people and our senators to expand our gun rights, I'm going to do that. Um, as a state representative. And there's a lot of ways we can do that. We need really, we need to have people, what you're, the answer you're going to get from a lot of people is, hey, that's a federal issue, not my, I don't have anything to do with that. But what I want to do is really be an active state rep and work with other states, work with our legislators in Texas, uh, whether or not they overlap with my district or not, really work with these people and really make sure that they understand that in Texas, we love our Second Amendment. We want to expand our gun rights. And so I'm going to work every way that I can to do that. All right. So we're, we're sitting here talking with Shannon McClendon. She's actually inside the studio. We have Jay Wally. He's actually on the phone. Jay is running for state rep. Shannon is running for state senator. And we're talking about the Second Amendment. When we come back, I want to talk about, I want to get a little more in depth with what, what, these candidates have done differently in the last session. What are some of the things that they wish they could have changed if they were in the big house down on Congress? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more anytime at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So we're talking with our candidates that are running for office. We're talking with Jay Wiley. He's running for state representative. And we're also talking with Shannon McClendon. She's running for senator. 
um, state senator. And so we're asking them about their stance on the Second Amendment. And also, a little later on, I'm going to ask them about, well, I'm going to ask Jay, because this is more in Jay's area. I like to stay in everyone's area there. I want to ask Jay a little later on, not now, but I'm going to ask you, Jay, you know, what's your your take on the city of Austin and them forcing small businesses to actually give employees eight paid days sick leave? Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, before we talk about that, Jay, um, I do mm-hmm. I do want to ask you, what did I say before we went off the air? Oh, I think it was uh, about last session. What yes. what would we have done differently? What would I have done differently last session? Yes, exactly. So, you know, what would you mm. what are what are some things that, you know, you didn't like that happened last section, last session? There? Well, you know, we lost we lost constitutional carry in the calendars committee. One of Joe Strauss's uh, cronies, uh, Todd Hunter, uh, was the um, was the guy that killed it. He's a chairman of the committee, killed it in committee. And you know, and I think a lot of your listeners know, that the problem in Texas politics over the last several years has been that we've had a House speaker that's been hostile to gun rights, hostile to a lot of conservative causes. He, he's not, he's frankly just not a real conservative. And uh, thankfully, the jig is up. He knew he was not going to be reelected, so he decided to, uh, to pack it up and go on home. So we're going to have a new speaker next session, which is good news. The, prob- the, the challenge that we have is that we need to make sure that we get a good, solid, conservative speaker and that he doesn't just pass the baton on to one of his cronies there. So um, that's going to be the real challenge. And so much of what we want to get done, whether it's Second Amendment or whether it's a lot of things, tax bills or what have you, begin and end with who is in the seat, who is the speaker, because that determines who the committee chairs are going to be, and that determines what's going to get a fair hearing and what's not. So that's going to be the chief challenge that we have going forward is make sure we get a good, liberty-loving speaker next session. Okay. And then uh, the Texas Tribune actually rated your opponent. And so I I need Felicia to tell me, you know, what was that rating there that the Texas Tribune – well, first of all, who's rated top ten as far as uh, the Texas Tribune is concerned, Felicia? The top ten most conservative legislators from the last session were Kane – Rinaldi, Stickland, Tenderholt, Schaefer, Zedler, Shaheen, Biederman, Lang, Swanson, Krauss, Leach, and Simmons. I think that was 10. Okay, and then the ones that were at least. The least conservative were Davis, Sheffield, Clardy, King, Guerin, Gooden, Cacao, Kakel, Rainey, Vandever, Huberty, Shine, Lambert, Darby, and Bales, which is actually my home district, so that's disappointing. Okay, and then where does uh, where does uh, the mm. opponent sits? Mr. Workman sits one about ten or fifteen from the bottom. Now, wh- why would you say that's the case? You know, I'd have to dig more into his voting record to see that. Um, Let me ask you, Jay. Why do you think uh, the Texas Tribune actually rated Paul Workman one of the least conservative in the well, Texas her House? Well, answer was really illustrative. Uh, a lot of people aren't aware that his record is that bad, and the reason is because he just doesn't do much in the legislature. He's never in the news. He just doesn't accomplish much. So he's able to hold his head kind of down and get away with having a substandard record. Now, he voted... Um, against a ban on third trimester abortions last session. And if you're pro-life, that's a big, big deal. Um, He voted against property tax relief. He's voted for every little measure 
you can imagine that raises taxes and increases regulations. And um, it's a problem. He also voted for gun-free zones. I mean, it's, it's just um, his record just gets worse and worse every single year. Wow. Okay, and, and let me switch gears here. Let me go back to Shannon. Okay, so Shannon, who's running for state senator against uh, – she has an, uh, an incumbent. She's trying to unseat there as well. So, Shannon, you know, what, let me ask you, what are some of the things that you would have changed in, in last session? Um, that's, that's a great question, Michael, because there, there are a lot of things. The first thing I would change is not to go into a special session. That'd be number one. Um, Why do you say that? Uh, well, it, first, it's a waste of money, and it was unnecessary to go there. And um, as much as some of this staunch, um, certain far-right conservatives um, feel that it was good for Strauss to leave, he was the one who made sure that bathroom bill didn't get passed. And so. that's going to be more on the governor's side. So the governor you know, says, hey, there's going to be a special session. There's really nothing that the senator house can do. I'm not sure if I agree with that. Okay. I think that uh, the governor's so-called agenda, and this is my personal opinion, mm -hmm. but the governor's agenda wasn't necessarily just the governor's agenda. I think that we saw that the lieutenant governor certainly had eight of those ten things that were he was very excited about being on for the special session, including the bathroom bill. So you're okay. saying we should really be more worried about who our lieutenant governor is because in reality that's the most powerful seat in Texas. It's a Pretty darn powerful position to have. Okay. And so what are some other things that you would have changed this last session? Uh, probably the most disappointing thing is the House had a one-point-something billion-dollar um, school finance bill that came um, over to the Senate. And under our Texas Constitution, Article 7, I believe, states that the um, – Government is responsible for funding public education. It's pretty simple. Not a lot of commas in it. It doesn't take a lawyer to interpret it. Um, by the time it got over to the Senate, there was a group of senators, including Senator Campbell, who was part of gutting that bill. When you gut the school finance bill, what ends up happening is that your local property taxes must be increased to make up the difference for funding public education. So when you have that situation and you're touting limited government, no new property taxes, or we're going to reduce property taxes, it, folks have got to understand that when you do, when you reduce the public funding for education, you are forcing the independent school districts at the local level to increase your property taxes. It's now, that simple. Now, would you be willing to actually sponsor a bill in the Texas Senate there um, to support constitutional carry? Yes, with caveats. I'd have to... What would be the caveats? Well, you have to realize I'm a lawyer, so okay. um, we like things to be studied. We'd like to hear the pros and the cons. From from Shannon McClendon's perspective, I believe that all law-abiding citizens should be able to carry a gun. So if I'm asked to help uh, sponsor a bill like that and there's not something wacko in the language because amendments continue to get put on that may water it down or may make it more dangerous, then um, I, I just can't stand up for it. But I certainly am a staunch supporter of law-abiding citizens being able to carry Okay, so uh, so what? Let's go a little bit deeper. Okay, so what are some of the things that you are hesitant about when it comes to the constitutional carry? What are some things you think should not be in there? Let's go a little deeper. 
um, meaning who should not be able to carry a gun uh, under the Constitution in Shannon McClendon's opinion? Yes. Um, this I, is your bill. Okay, if this is my bill, I would certainly say law-abiding needs to be defined. And um, we I don't think uh, folks that have committed crimes, uh, particularly violent cl- crimes, I think uh, some meth dealers that may be caught in between um, high schools, elementary schools, middle schools, uh, whether they've uh, worked out their sentences or not, I'm a little concerned that if they're not bright enough to— How- uh, I'm, I'm going to throw you a little curveball. How do you differentiate that when under them, when you have just the classification system of just a Schedule 1, when you have something that is a plant, um, this is coming from us as tag, um, we have something that's a plant that actually is Schedule 1, and then you also have meth, which is, is I actually believe it's Schedule 2. How do you differentiate? That's the meth dealers, and and so and so now we're getting into a different conversation. No, but um, I'm saying, how, how do you define that in the law abiding? Um, when you're saying we're going to have law abiding, what are the steps we? Well, Shannon McClendon's not going to make that happen today on this show. I can tell you that. Um, and, and what you're talking about is our federal guidelines, and those are not something in Texas that we're going to be able to change. Although we have seen some of the cities in Texas that are reducing um, what the penalty is for carrying um, a certain small amount of some type of maybe plant substance. Um, so, so we've got to work with the feds on this, but again, we could, we can go back to taxes. Um, Colorado's doing a pretty good job bringing down their, um, their state deficit, um, by some of these, um, uh, recoups on taxes that the federal. might fix some corruption in Mexico. Say that again. It also might fix a little bit of corruption in Mexico. We're getting way, way. <laughs> now. Now we're talking about the cartel, and let's uh, let them have guns too. Like now you're making talk. me nervous. Now you're making <laughs> but, me nervous. Um, but but I don't have the answer sitting here today. No, um, but I, I was just more to see how you think and how you'd approach the problems. You know, because it's no problem is going to be simple. You're going to have one right. little thing. You know, you're going to have to deal with it on multiple levels and just see how you think as a candidate because we want confident candidates, not just. People who are going to stay in there and have empty promises. Well, and and I'll tell you, I've had a lot of people, depending on what what advisor it might be, is don't jump out there and and say you're an attorney because that might have a really bad connotation when it comes to being a legislator. And I will tell you as an attorney, um, I take pride in being an attorney and I've reviewed, I've written, I've analyzed, I've uh, written amendments to bills and that sort of thing. So when you give me kind of a blanket question like that, it's because I have the depth and the breadth to realize I don't know it all and I need experts to tell me. And I can tell you that I am going to do my best to support constitutional carry for law-abiding citizens. How we get there is not my, my bailiwick. Okay. Okay. All right, so let me go back to Jay Wiley. So, Jay, uh, the city of Austin has said that, you know, they're trying to pass a, a city ordinance where small businesses, all businesses, will have to give their employees eight paid days sick leave. Uh, so what are your thoughts about mm-hmm. that? Well, it's just n- another example of overreach and overregulation by the city of Austin. Austin loves big government. They love telling everyone how they should live. They love telling small business owners how they should run their businesses. There's a fundamental concept um, that we've sort of lost sight of, but it's a big part of why I'm running. And that is that it's the state's duty to protect liberty, okay? Just like the states created the federal government, 
the states created political subdivisions called cities and counties. When those cities and counties, like the city of Austin, get out of step with the state constitution or run counter to the fundamental principles of liberty, it's the state's duty to step in and stop them. And that's a big part of why I'm doing this. And that is an argument that the one Republican in Travis County should carry forth every single day in the state legislature because we have the uh, the ammunition to be able to go after the city of Austin. We just need the political courage to do it. And I understand I'm not going to be invited to the cocktail parties downtown. They're not going to write <laughs> nice things about me in the statesman. But we need somebody with the political courage to stand up because, as you said, on Twitter – with the hashtag sick of this, I think we're all sick of this in Travis County and in the city of Austin. We need somebody to stop this and we need somebody with backbone to be able to do it. Absolutely. And 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 what we have right now, we're definitely lacking that backbone because you're talking, you know, you're, you're, you're talking small businesses. If the city of Austin is truly trying to help out the people that are on that bottom of that totem pole there, they need mm-hmm. to practice what they preach because right now the city of Austin, they're not giving their employees eight paid days sick leave. As a matter of fact, <laughs> do you know that our Austin police officers do not have a contract right now? So they're not, they don't have any paid day sick leaves at all, sick leave at all. Yeah. So yeah. You know, you're trying to impose something on the small guy. How in the world are small businesses supposed to grow or start if the city of Austin is going to put this over their head in the first place? Well, because it's magical thinking. None of none of the people there have run businesses at the at the city council. And part of the they problem is, that, you know, our, our our mayor lives in the top floor of the W Hotel, so he's definitely living in the ivory tower there. <laughs> well, it's magical thinking. They think that you just magically click your heels every morning and and uh, and create wealth that can then go back into the coffers of the city of Austin. And they don't understand the challenges that the business owners uh, have every day, and they don't understand how hard it is. And, uh, and, and they love passing fiat from, from up above at the city of Austin that the rest of us have to live by, but they don't have to. Absolutely. All right, so we're talking yeah. with Jay Wiley, and Jay is running for a dist- uh, state representative, District 47. We're also talking with Shannon McClendon, and she's running for Senate District 25. We're talking about the Constitution. We're talking about constitutional carry. We're talking about concealed carry reciprocity. We're talking about removing items from the NFA lists on the federal side. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Today I don't feel like doing anything. I just want to lay in my bed. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. I'll tell you, this is definitely one of those days you just want to kick back and just cuddle up because it's just so cold outside. Man, I didn't want to get out of bed. I had to be kicked out of bed this morning, literally. So I finally got up, and I said, well, you know, I got to go to work anyway. I work seven days a week. And like uh, 
I don't have that option, <laughs> like the, the city of Austin's little dream there, to uh, take eight paid days sick leave. I can't do that. I actually work seven days a week. Only days I get off are Christmas Day, uh, New Year's Day, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July. That's it. And thanks, yeah, Thanksgiving. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. So other than that, seven days a week. So because I'm a small business owner um, and my business runs seven days a week. And so I have to be there to make sure that stuff happens because I'm the responsible person because this is we're talking firearms. We're talking a gun store. We're talking an FFL dealer. All right. So let me get your your take on this. All right. So our call in number is five one two six four three live. That's five one two six four three five four eight three. Come and talk it. So let's go to line two. You want to ask a question about constitutional carry? You're on. Come and talk it. Is that me? I didn't know. That is you. What line I'm on? Who's this? <laughs> hey, Michael. It's CJ. Hey, what's up, CJ? How you doing, sir? CJ, I'm doing well. Open Carry Texas. Yeah. So I had a I had a question for Shannon. I've been listening to the show, but I, I I'm a little confused by her answer. So I wanted to kind of narrow it down a little bit. I, I would like to know, and I guess for even Jay. Um, Constitutional carry defined as if you can legally own and purchase a firearm, then you can carry it without a license. That's that's pretty much it. I go into a store, I pass the background check, I take my gun, stick it in my holster, and walk out. That's that's constitutional carry. Is that something the candidates support and and would not only support but author or co-author? Now repeat that and one more te- and repeat that one more time. I want to make sure I understand it too. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, so constitutional carry. I want to make sure the definition here is clear. Okay. That and and that the candidates understand what it means is you can legally own and possess a firearm under law. Okay, legally own the possession of law. A, yeah, and then carry it without a license, and that's it. Those are the only restrictions. If you can legally own it, you can legally purchase it, you can legally carry it without a license. Yes, I support that unconditionally. Okay. And, Okay, great. And and so my second question is right now we've got a problem here in Texas. And the problem is is that lo- the law is very ambi- ambivalent or ambiguous, excuse me, about carrying into quote unquote courthouses. And what's happening now is you've got these uh, smaller towns especially, but even some of these big cities where they've put all of the government services to include licensing, paying your your utilities, all that kind of stuff. They've got them all in one building. And because there happens to be a court on the fourth floor of an eight-story building, um, they're trying to make the entire building off-limits to firearms under under the law, which says you can't carry a gun into a building or portion of a building that contains a courtroom. Would you be supportive of clarifying that to only the section of the building where the court actually is present? I'm gonna throw that so over. You, so Let's throw that at Jay Wiley. Jay, what's your take on that? I would. I would absolutely, absolutely. Everyone else in the building is a sitting duck, and it's it, it's a perfect example of government uh, one size fits all that doesn't work in the real world, and uh, we need to be smarter. So absolutely, I'd support that. All right. Well, hey, I I appreciate that. Those are my two questions. So those are uh, as a as a president of Open Carry Texas. Those are the two issues that I get the most, and we filed nearly 100 complaints against. Uh, municipalities and uh, counties and things like that. And, and right now, everything's just languishing in the courts. Right. But I think we can fix it in the legislature faster than the courts will fix it. Absolutely. You're, mm-hmm. you're right. And that's something yeah. we got to clean up because these, like you said, you know, we're sitting here dealing with the big one, like city of Austin. You know, it's been days. You know, we're talking, actually, it's been 15, 16, 17. We're going on three years now. Three years yeah. since we filed that complaint. 
And the city of Austin is just thumbing their nose. How much money are we at now for it? Oh, we're well over $7 million. You know, if they, you know, do it the right way, they do their math. So... Well, and I'd like to say uh, thank you to CJ for making sure you're calling people out on uh, the folks that are breaking the law and extending it when they shouldn't be taking it into their own hands. Well, uh, thank you. And, and I'm actually going to hang up and listen. I just wanted to pose those two questions. And uh, and secondly, thank you for sticking your neck out and, and running for office. We need more citizens who are willing to not just complain, but take a stand and do something uh, about the current state of politics. Thanks, CJ. Take care. Hey, Jay, this is Felicia from Hill Country Young Republicans, and I had a question specifically for you. Okay. What made you want to run for office? Why did you decide that workmen needed some competition? You know, I, I care a lot about liberty. Um, I, I care a lot about freedom from government, which is what real liberty is, freedom from government. It's the freedom to chart your own course in life, to be kind of the master of your own destiny. Um, and where I see – and uh, Travis County is my home. And I have a real sore spot with folks that campaign as one thing. And when they get in office, they behave very differently. Um, and uh, that bothers me at all levels of government. And so, you know, like a lot of conservatives in Travis County, what animates me in a lot of ways is the city of Austin, Right the Democrats in the city of Austin, Democrats in all of Travis County. And I ran for city council in 2014 to try and um, at least pull hard on our end of the rope. Um, and uh, I didn't make it. I lost by 90 votes out of something like 6,000 votes cast. Um, but this is very much an extension of that because there are state remedies. Um, like I explained before, there are state remedies that we have to beat back the overregulation uh, and the overtaxation by Travis County and the city of Austin. We have state remedies. We just need to be able to have the the, uh, the political courage to be able to exercise our options. And in what ways is Workman not doing that? So what are three ways that you could accomplish that more efficiently and more effectively than Representative Workman? Well, number one, I wouldn't vote against property tax relief like he did last session. Um, I wouldn't vote for gun-free zones like he did two sessions ago. Um, I wouldn't vote for leadership and a speaker that's going to be hostile to gun rights, to liberty in general. Um, I wouldn't do those things. And what I would do is I would be an active representative and a voice for liberty and someone who has a lot of passion as a movement conservative, somebody who's got a lot of passion for lowering our tax bill and getting government out of our lives. Too often what you see from Paul Workman is kind of a synergy between business interests and the government. And Paul Workman is very much at the center of that. Um, so those are some examples of what I would do differently. Um, I'd also be more responsive to citizens. I hear over and over and over again how Paul Workman's office just ignores um, uh, dissenting opinions. Um, I want to engage people um, and explain to them why it is Liberty is the best course of action. Okay, thank you. Nice. Sure. All right. You know, Jay. Uh, you know what? I I got to throw something in there. I've already I've donated to your campaign. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Michael. Thank and you. And so once once I do that, you know. What about mine? 
<laughs> once once I do that, you know, then I got to go a step further now because you know now I've I've listened to everything you said today. Now I got to go in there and fully endorse you one hundred percent. So I'm just well, Michael. I'm, I really appreciate. And I don't I don't do things like that, you know. And I'm going to mm. do that today. I'm going to say, you know, today I fully endorse one hundred percent Jay Wally for state rep because I I'm I'm very convinced that you're you're going to do something different on in the, in the house side. So mm. you definitely want to do that one hundred percent, Michael. That. I really appreciate that. I'm really I'm grateful for that. It it means a lot. And 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 folks like you that are out there on the front lines every day, not just as business owners, but people that have a cause and are right. advancing the cause. I think you understand that the deck seems to be stacked against us, but we just got to keep fighting. We just got to keep fighting because what other choice do we have? We can't give up. We got to keep fighting. Right. Absolutely. So I really appreciate that, Michael. Absolutely. Um, and now I'm gonna I need to ask Shannon. Um, Shannon. Um, so tell me. Answer those same questions. You know, what are some things that, you know, well, first of all, why are you running? A lot, a lot of that I think that we've talked about already. Um, and, and one of those, it's the same thing that Jay just mentioned. I want to reach out to the people and I want to represent the people of District 25. I want to be their voice at the Capitol. I don't want my personal uh, social or non-social values as they may be uh, to dictate how I'm going to represent the people. So that's been the strongest thing. I, I don't need to name call here. I don't need to call out. We know who I'm running against. Um, she she certainly has a, a reputation that is strong for a certain group. And um, I don't think that's the majority of the uh, of my district. Now, what sets you different from your opponent? Well, I'm, I'm interested in building uh, infrastructure that's needed. I'm interested in government doing the few things that government does do well. I want them to do those things like infrastructure, like public education. Um, at, and at the same time, I want us to be able to focus on things like we, we've got to get a handle on sex trafficking, um, drug trafficking, those kinds of things that seem to be talked about, but they're not done. And then I just don't want to be hypocritical. If I'm telling you I want limited government, I want limited government. If I'm going to tell you I'm going to cut your property taxes, I'm going to try the best that I can to cut your taxes and get people on board with that. Okay. And then let me ask um, our, our chair for the Libertarian Party over here, you know, because I'm a precinct chair for the Republican Party. You know, woohoo! That's right. So I got a rep for the Republican Party all the way. <laughs> well, you that's worked right. hard for that. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so let me ask the chair for the Liber the Travis County Libertarian Party. You know, what do you what do you think about um, our candidates today um, that are running in the Republican ticket? Yeah, you know, I'm liking what I'm hearing. Uh, anytime we're talking about limited government, uh, you're gonna, you know, I'm gonna approve. Uh, of that, uh, we definitely want to rope it in and bring it in. Um, I like what you're saying about um, getting it to focus on the things that it needs to be focusing on and stop overreaching into our lives. Uh, is there is there a libertarian candidate running in the um, the state rep district uh, 47 race? 47. Okay, we'll check right, on that. Okay, we do not have one for Senate twenty-five. So there's there isn't there is not a, a a libertarian candidate running for Senate District twenty-five. Correct. All right. So okay. All right. So, but go ahead. You, you're saying, um, well, yeah, and and basically, you know, kind of what it comes down to. At least for me personally, you know, this is not necessarily 
um, the thinking of every libertarian, which if anybody knows libertarians, we're all uh, individually thinking and, and disagree on a lot of things. But me, as personally as an individual, um, you know, I'm not as concerned with the letter next to the name as long as there's somebody that's going to be uh, working to increase my liberty and my freedoms and working to limit the impact that the government has on my life. So anybody that's going to be willing to do that. Uh, is somebody that that I could see myself supporting and getting behind. So that's kind of the main thing to me is, are you going to be uh, representing my rights and my liberty and helping to limit the government and limit their impact on my life? And so there is there a candidate running in the state rep district 47? Not for 47. Okay. All right. So, and there isn't one, there's not one running in Senate district 25. So could you see yourself, you know, getting behind, you, I know you can't endorse being the, you know, the chair for the Travis County Libertarian Party. You can't endorse, mm-hmm. but could you, you know, get your, get behind these two candidates and what you've heard here today? I definitely could. You know, when, when the time comes in November and we're, we're looking at the ballot, uh, you know, I look at every single race. Uh, again, like I just said, I'm, I'm not as concerned with the letter next to the name as, uh, you know, the principles of, of what they're putting forward and what they're going to be doing uh, should they t- get into that office. So, yeah, absolutely. I could see, you know, myself... Uh, looking at both of these ballots come November with, uh, you know, and, and supporting one of, the, you know, both of these candidates in their prospective races. And we're going to get Shannon back into the sh- uh, back into the the um, the studio again, because I want to talk to Shannon again and get to know her a little better uh, because I'm liking more and more. I, I listen to her. I'm starting to like her more and more. So we definitely want to, you know, introduce her you know to the people a little more as we get closer to you early voting, but go ahead, Shannon. The one thing that I did want to point out is that, um, and I appreciate you not caring about the R or the D, what you care about are your freedoms, and that's and that's the critical issue. Um, in reality, though, the primaries are uh, critical to my race. Um, there are, we are at 65 plus percent voting Republican. So um, it boils down to, do you want the other person who's the incumbent or do you want Shannon McClendon? And, and I'm not saying there's not going to be a D in that race, but uh, the primary election is the key election right now that we need to be focused on. And I just want to bring up, while we're, since we're on the topic of elections, maybe should we do something about primary screen out and work on something to fix some of our election laws so that way at least the voices can be heard of the other people on, you know, who's going to be put forward. You know, they may not have a say, but at least people can at least make their voice heard in the primaries. Um, You know, you can say you're affiliating with one party, but you could still vote and at least have your voice heard. Maybe not a counted vote for, like, it, but at least heard or something with something where we can fix our election laws because we do have a big election law problem right now. Well, and I don't know if this addresses your question, um, but I have run across a lot of folks that don't understand. It doesn't matter if you label yourself as a Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian or whatever, that you are free during the primaries to vote in either the Democrat or the Republican primary. Yes. Now, granted, there's not a primary uh, for the Libertarians right now, and that's based uh, on... If, and this, this is me as as our political director right now, this is a major um, issue that people, if they vote in this, they can't go to our convention. Also, if you sign a petition to get a candidate on the ballot, you cannot, that means you are affiliating with that party. I I hear you saying you're affiliating. I'm trying to boil it down to the numbers. And the number game in District 25 is, do you want the incumbent or do you want Shannon McClendon? And so I I hear that you want to— I do, and I'm—this Senate district is one I have a vested interest in, for sure, because it's where my family lives. Um, And I'll show you 
having them look at this race and because they're my family votes Republican. Um, so this is something you're one of that 65 percent. I'm, I'm the odd one out. Um, but so we need to so we need to, you know, probably call your your mother up, you know, call your your parents <laughs> up and see, you know, what their stance is or whether some of the things they're interested in, you know, we put them on the spot. Should we do that? I'm in the mood to do that. Uh, okay, I won't do it today. Not this week. That'd be a bit much. And don't call my mom either. <laughs> let's call. Let's phone mom. Let's see what mom thinks. Okay, we won't do that today, but we, we we're going to do that in the future. So you better we'll, get we'll, it ready. We will for do it in the future. Yeah, let her know she's going to get a phone call because we want. And you we can call know. my dad, but don't call my mom. Okay. <laughs> oh, we. Okay, we're going to call the mom. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're talking with our two candidates here. We're talking with uh, Shannon McClendon. She's running for state Senate uh, District 25. We're also talking with Jay Wiley. He's running for state representative District 47. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on the War, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Sound off on the news of the day with the Talk Poll. Online at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So we had Jay Wiley on the show. We just uh, we're going to cut Jay Wiley loose. So before he goes, Jay, tell us how we can find your website and find you contact you donate to your campaign because, hey, we are throwing endorsement in for Jay Wiley. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. Anyone can go to vote Jay Wiley. That's V-O-T-E-J-A-Y-W-I-L-E-Y.com. And uh, you can just donate there, whatever you can, five bucks, ten bucks. It really makes a huge difference. We are within striking range of winning this election and bringing a conservative voice, a strong, liberty-minded conservative voice to Travis County. It's, it's, uh, it, it's a it, big, big deal, and we're close. It's time to trigger this vote right now. We're going to trigger the vote. So if you can donate to his campaign, donate to his campaign. Uh, go to Jay Wiley. It is, is actually Vote jwiley.com. Vote jwiley.com and donate. I've donated to his campaign. I need you to do something as well and actually support this candidate. All right. And so we're going to get, sh- you know what? And thank you, Jay. I really appreciate you calling in. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, you- everyone. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. And we're going to get Shannon McClendon back into the uh, studio again, we're probably on the phone or inside the studio. We're going to get her back in because we're going to get her to answer a survey and things of that nature. I got a couple more things I want to know about Shannon. And then we're going to see about throwing an endorsement her way. But we're, we're going to we're definitely going to get there because we want to make sure that we're absolutely sure about the people that we say are going to trigger this vote and make those changes in our Texas capital. Shannon, how can people find you? Uh, www.shannon4, the number four, senate.com. Also, there's a great video out there if you watch that. um, As reported by the Texas Monthly, after you've you've watched that video, you'll see that Texas women don't mind shooting their own snakes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, man, I like that. You know, and you know what, Shannon, real quick, um, in about 10 seconds, um, why are you on the social issue? Why are you different from your candidate? we, We got a short amount of time here socially well i i just 
it's back to liberty and who I want to be and and be the person that I am. I'm running as an openly gay candidate. I'm Republican who happens to be gay. It's like being Republican and happening to be black or happen to be white. It's not who makes me. It's um, I'm a Republican and um, I don't want to be discriminated against. Okay, nice. Okay, okay. All right, cool. Okay, I, I, I don't Does know. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes great sense. And now that we know that, you know, let's, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to st- extend this a couple more minutes. So tell me this. All right, so how's that being a Republican, being gay, especially, you know, with Trump in office, you know, how does that, how does that feel? And how do you, how do you deal with that? I don't feel like I'm having to deal with it, Michael. Um, Trump is Trump is going to be Trump, and Trump is our president. Trump is our commander-in-chief. He's got a few years to continue to be our president and our commander-in-chief. I was raised in a military family, and uh, he is is the man. I love that he's been able to call the media out and be responsible for some of the things that they've said. Um, I would certainly do some things differently than he has done, Um, maybe a few things uh, differently, but Trump is Trump. Nice. All right, all right. I I tell you, I'm I'm loving you more and more. I'm falling in love with you right now. You just don't know this. Ditto. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm, you're, I'm you're messing with part of my structure here. Oh, that's okay. Now tell us your website one more time. How can we find you one more time? Uh, senate.com And we, too, take donations on the Republican side. Ours, we'd like a little bit more than 5 or $10 <laughs> if you could go with the 100 to 200 1000 1500 um, But we'll, we'll, I'm happy to get $25 from anybody. Nice. Yeah, that's right, because you're talking a Senate race. We're talking the Senate District 25, and we need to unseat this incumbent. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to get Shannon back into the studio. I want Shannon McClendon uh, back on, on the, either on the phone inside the studio before early voting starts so that way we can get to know her a little more and we can go to the polls and make an informed decision. Uh, we got to trigger this vote. This time, I want to make sure there's no doubt there's no shaky legs when it comes to standing at the Texas House or the Texas Senate uh, that we stand up for the Second Amendment and what is right. Uh, because when take it flags aren't just for show. That's right. It, 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 you know, because you'd be surprised how many people have them in their offices at the Capitol. Almost all of them. I remember um, Democrats, everyone. Everyone's got to come and I take a flag. I remember walking around with Rachel Malone and she was like, "Look at all look at all their flags. Not one of them means it." Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. You step in there, "Hey, my name is, you know, so and so so and so. I'm here, you know, to discuss the second amendment." Uh, well, <laughs> If you can find uh, my secret room in my secret room in my safe, mm. you might be able to find uh, – start counting the guns there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, and then, you know, when it comes to the city of Austin, I tell you, I, I just don't know what to do about this eight-day sick leave. I, I need the city of Austin to get out of my pockets. You know, I want you to get out of my pockets. Get Amen. your hands out of my back pocket. Would you there. like to enact a referendum for that and have a vote on it? Oh, you know what? We're going to fix it at the Capitol. So they can do whatever they want on the city level, all they want to. I'm going to take my fight to the Capitol and get it fixed there if they do impose this eight-day sick leave, paid sick leave. Because you're talking about going, doing something more restrictive than what they do with their city employees. They don't pay their city employees that, and they don't pay the Austin Police Department that as well. Agreed. So, you know, APD is not getting paid eight paid. Eight days sick leave. Uh, I'm just asking. Do you want to get any sick leave? As a matter of fact, zero. Do you want a referendum on that? Do you want to? I'm just asking. Do you want to wait until legislation 
the Texas legislature starts up and well, we're going to try to sign, or do you want to just go ahead and take a, go after it now? We're going to try to fight this on February 15th <laughs> this week, as a matter of fact, uh, this Thursday. We're going to try to fight that at City Hall. So I will be there at City Hall on Thursday to stand up and let them see my face to let them know that I'm not going to comply. I haven't complied with their little bathroom rule, and I'm not going to comply with this one. As always, more <laughs> guns equals less crime. Go out there and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talking with Michael Cargill. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.